you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. Subtitle for today's show, Two Shrinks and a Mic. <laughs> I've got my good friend, Dr. Jason Adams, with me here. I'm the other shrink, if you haven't figured that out. So The other shrink, and are you about expanding people's lives as well? I am. So we got two shrinks and a mic today. You know, we were talking earlier before we started that I tend to have this very kind of low tone in my voice and mm. almost overly calm and it's very soothing and very soothing yes hypnagogic pretty much so we're trying to stay awake during this call hey no problem and we realized that paul you're the you're the animator and i'm the i'm the let's bring it back down <laughs> but we are in fact both shrinks we are and jason and i were having a discussion this past week about how to better use our own skills and talents and abilities and expertise and, and training and everything to create more value for you, the listener. And so this was our idea today, two shrinks and a mic. We're going to take the mic today and address some questions that come up. And we didn't have any specific questions for this show, but Jason, you and I both get questions all the time. Yep, all the time. In fact, have you noticed something? When you, a few things. I'm sure you have. When you tell someone that you're a shrink. I can tell you the first thing they tell me every single time. What do you get? So are you analyzing me? Right. Have I told you my favorite answer to that? Uh, I can guess, but no, I, you probably have. I, I'm thinking. My favorite comeback to that now is, are you paying me? Oh, that's good. <laughs> a friend of mine says, Yes, and I can tell you're paranoid and so on and so forth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I share with people that I'm a shrink, and they want to tell me their whole life story right there, right then and there. That's true. I get that too. And the other half don't dare tell me anything. Right. They just get quiet all of a sudden. I also hear quite frequently when people are commenting about interpersonal dynamics, for example, or how to deal with certain issues, many of which we're going to take on in today's program. They, they have an opinion about it, but they preface it with this phrase. Well, I'm not a psychologist, but... <laughs> have you heard that one? I have. I have heard what that one. What the heck does that mean anyway? I'm not quite sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am a psychologist. And so am I. And so, so maybe we should start saying, I am a psychologist, but... That's right preface it all well here we are for whatever it's worth we're both shrinks we are both psychologists we both hold phds in clinical psychology and i've always wondered what that phd stands for well piled higher and deeper probably but it does mean something though and let's not diminish that because really it does mean something it's true now what it means is up to you the listener to decide but what we're going to do is just combine our experience 
as psychologists for a couple of common things that come up. And so let's just dive into this. Jason, you and I both have a list of some kind of random questions that come up. I have things on my list from everywhere from from kind of the common garden variety depression to bedwetting to psychotic episodes to autism. There's all kinds of questions that I get. And when I was doing a show on, excuse me, on the local radio here, I had a call-in segment, and I also invited people to send in emails. Mm -hmm. And I did this little segment on my talk show and my call-in show called Psychobabble. Psychobabble, I like it. In fact, I played the Alan Parsons Project has a song called Psychobabble. Really? So that was our bumper music, (laughs) and it was kind of fun. But in Psychobabble, what I would do is just take these questions and just give my little two-minute, two-cents worth... uh, on that topic based on my experience and training as a psychologist. So I'm seeing some of this is what we're trying to do here today. Well, let's just pull a few of these things out. Okay. Sounds great. One of the things that has come up a lot for me lately, and you mentioned this also, is a question that people ask about their current situation. I'm feeling overwhelmed by my financial situation. Mm -hmm. What can I do? Right. I've even heard it said... I'm in an emotional rut about it. How do I get out of that rut? You know, you're overwhelmed by the mm-hmm. fears. You're overwhelmed by trying to make ends meet. All of these things. You're overwhelmed by the media mm-hmm. and kind of the doom and gloom of what's coming along. And are we in a recession? Are we going towards a depression? That's so right. And so forth. And here's another corollary to that. I've had several lunch meetings just recently where I've talked with people who have this particular question, and I get it in my inbox all the time, too, sometimes on my voicemail. And the corollary to that is, I know the principles. I understand the principles. I've studied the principles. I can teach the principles. And so I know what I'm supposed to do, but I just can't get myself to do it. Hmm. You heard that one. I have. It sounds a lot like a brown bag lunch series you had a week or so ago. That's right. <laughs> why well, do I do the things I do when I know what I know? Something why do like I that? do what I do when I know what I know? Yeah. And and how common is that dilemma? I think that's extremely common. I think almost, if not everyone, can relate to that. So let's take this on. Okay. Okay, Jason, you are a psychologist. I am. What would you say to these people? Where would you start with it? Because maybe it's not a simple answer. But where would you start with it? And how would you take someone who's feeling stuck there and move them to a place where they feel like they're starting to get some traction on this thing? They're starting Mm -hmm. to make some progress with it. Where would you start? I'd start with uh, a couple places. Number one, that's pretty normal. I would say a lot of us go through that. Even shrinks who like expanding other people's lives go through the same things, you know? We have financial problems. We get stuck in those things. We teach people how to manage relationships. Does that mean that we have the perfect relationships? We do our best to practice what we preach, but it's still difficult. Kind of that continual Mm -hmm. movement is hard once you stop. There's a whole idea about inertia. Bodies in motion continue to stay in motion, and bodies that are at rest continue to stay at rest. So if you are in that place where you feel stuck, you're going to need to do something um, to push through it. But there's also that Mm -hmm. idea of momentum. Once you get going, it's easier to stay going. 
you know, a great example I can think of in my own life is the beginning of this year, I started going to the gym all the time. And I was going every single day feeling great. I was on track to, I was going to run at least a triathlon, maybe not a big one, maybe a half triathlon, but I was going to do all of that. And I was, I was in the groove. I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Did it mm-hmm. for maybe three or four weeks. Then I went on this wonderful cruise to, to sunny um, Bahamas and so wherever. The Eastern Caribbean. The Eastern Caribbean, where mm-hmm. we went together. I remember that one, yeah. yeah. And we even played basketball on the, on the cruise ship. We were, you know, being active all of that time. I get back. That's right. And I haven't been to the gym since. I've thought about it so many times, thinking, you know, I would actually feel less tired than I do if I get up and I go and I do this. But I, mm-hmm. I still keep remaining stuck because... I'm paying more attention to what I'm feeling in the moment, that tiredness and wanting to sleep a little longer in the morning than to what I have experienced in the past of actually doing the physical activities and experiencing the endorphins Mm -hmm. and the increased blood flow and all of that that gives me what I want in the end. A lot of times we focus, it's pretty easy to focus on what you're experiencing right now. And And to become consumed with that or overwhelmed by it. Exactly. What you said first, as you introduced all of this uh, illustration, was that you're normal. That's yeah. what I heard from you. You're normal. And, and people, if you can just take a deep breath for a minute, okay? When you, when you start to feel overwhelmed by your circumstances, take a deep breath and realize you're not alone. These are common experiences. It only feels extraordinary to you because it's yours. That's true. Uh, but it's not extraordinary in the larger view. So realize that you're normal. Okay, that'll help you to keep breathing for a minute and realize, okay, well, there's some resources that I can bring to the table. Do you remember the uh, the common definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. That's right. And you can't keep doing the same things and expect a different result. So here's something that I tell my clients at the front end when they're coming in and they're just feeling stuck. In fact, I got to back up just a little bit because they don't come in until they decide to take some action. Right. And that's one of the first steps. Uh, One of the first things that I tell my clients is that any kind of improvement is going to require change. You're going to resist change change because you want to continue to stay in motion in the direction that you were going originally. I agree with that. And so I tell them there's some good news and some bad news. And this has to do with any of the questions that we might address on today's show or in future episodes where we do the same kind of thing. The good news is there's hope. There are things you can do predictably to change your circumstances and how you feel about it. There is always hope. There's always a resource. There's always something you can do. And I don't care how down you feel. There are things you can do that will make an improvement. Some of these will be immediate improvements. And then other things will take some time to implement as you change your behavior. But there are things you can change about your thinking right now that will change your circumstances. That's the good news. That is good news. And it's 100% 100% true. So you ready for the bad news? I think I'm ready. I'm sitting down. Can you handle this, Dr. Jason? I believe so, Dr. Paul. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Here's the bad news. 
it's hard. <laughs> now, by hard, I mean you got to change direction. You do. And anytime you change direction, it requires a force. It requires an effort. It does. Do you ever, you know, a lot of us get stuck and feel like we, we can't move any direction because we don't want to go the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But I remember I had this car that did not have power steering. Or at least mm. when the power steering went out on different occasions, mm-hmm. it was really hard to turn that wheel, especially if the car wasn't moving. Uh, much right. easier to move the steering wheel once it was going forward at least a little. So once there was some movement, I think we get stuck in staying where we are, afraid to make this turn or make that turn because we don't want to make a wrong decision. But in reality, it becomes a ton easier if you just make a decision. You move forward. You can steer a moving vehicle. Right. That's a good point. Thanks. So we can handle the bad news too? Yeah, we can. (laughs) We'll take on some more right after this break. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com. You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 11.30 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. So, Dr. Jason. Dr. Paul. Two shrinks and a mic. Actually, two mics. We got several mics here. <laughs> we do. But uh, two shrinks and a mic sounds good. It does. To me. I like it. <laughs> now, we've, we've only taken on one question so far. 
And the sense of this question is, and this is a a composite of a number of questions that have hit my inbox, your inbox, my voicemail, your voicemail, and just things that people share with us as they come into our office. I'm overwhelmed by my situation. And I think the issue of the day, at least with a lot of the clients I've had, has to do with the economic situation that they're in, Mm -hmm. which then affects their relationships, uh, their ability to to experience some of the freedom that they want to experience, you know, and it has a lot of impact on their life. I but, agree. But then it creates this emotional condition where they get stuck in a depression. Some people uh, describe it as a funk that mm-hmm. they're in and they, they just can't break out of it. And even if they know what to do, they can't get themselves to do it. I agree with you. Yeah. So can we shift gears for just a minute? to something else I've talked about on this program before, and that has to do with motivation. Because even if you know the right things to do, if you can't get yourself to do them, you will continue on the same course that you're on. You can't keep doing the same things and expect a different outcome. Very true. And better is always different. No, different isn't always better. But if you're going to turn this thing somewhere, you know... See, I was thinking about that for a second. <laughs> I saw you. I saw those wheels turning. <laughs> that astute mind that you're applying to this whole thing. Well, thank you very much. So, uh, where was I going with that? I think where I was going with that is human motivation. Okay. okay. You and I both have some training in this area. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think about this theory. Okay. Pleasure and pain. Those are the two primary human motivators. Right. I, I can tell you what people think is the is the is the highest, and I can tell you what the real one is. <laughs> <laughs> well, just share your thoughts. Well, I would say most of us would think that pleasure is the greatest motivator, hands down. People say, "Oh yeah," because I love doing that. That's why I'm going to do it. But in, mm. in reality, pleasure is not the biggest motivator. People are motivated to change when there's more pain than there is. I mean, mm-hmm. to stay where they are than pleasure i mean pleasure to move forward doesn't necessarily mean you're going to move forward that's you true can, you can enjoy doing something you can love it you can love the high from running but it doesn't mean that it's going to stop you from being stuck in not going to the gym it's really going to be the pain of either being tired all the time not uh, having energy having you know poor health those mm-hmm. types of things are going to be better motivators to get you moving forward or you know, weight gain and weight, you know, wanting to look different. Those types of things are better motivators in that. And that's not even a great example related mm. to pain. Well, the pain, your mind will do more to avoid pain than it will to seek pleasure. Yeah, I so agree. So if you're feeling stuck in your circumstances, just consider this for a minute. You already know half a dozen things that you could do to improve your condition. Isn't that true? That's true. Yeah. And I think a lot of you listeners will acknowledge, yeah, okay, I already know half a dozen things that I could do that would make this better. Mm-hmm. Well, why are you not doing them? See, the motivation to improve your life is typically not enough to get you unstuck. Now, this isn't the rosiest view of humanity sometimes, but just, just consider it for a minute. Just go with this for a few minutes. Okay, because your mind will do everything in its power to avoid or reduce your pain. I agree. That's part of our natural response. Okay, one of the reasons why we stay stuck, it, and think about it. 
you've got a basic choice to change what you're doing or to not change what you're doing. Which one is easier? To not change. To not change, right, because then the laws of entropy kick in, you know, that an object in motion will remain in motion. It's just Newtonian physics, right? Right. You're going to keep going the same direction unless you apply a force to change it. Right. So it's easier to just keep going the same direction. Even if you don't like it, even if you're experiencing distress. So to change direction would require effort, which your mind will equate with pain. Pain. Now your mind is going to try to avoid that pain. You can also project, what if you don't change? What if you were to choose today? For sure, I am not going to change this. Okay, That seems ridiculous, right? Because of course you want to change. But what if you were to decide, no, I'm not going to change? What would be the result in your life? Would you increase your pain overall if you chose not to change? Something difficult or just not to change at all? Yeah, not to change at all. You definitely could. I mean, over time. The thing is, mm-hmm. though, you would become, in a psych- psycho babble term, habituated mm-hmm. to that. So you'd become right. more and more accustomed to the increased level of pain. And even though you are increasing your ability to deal with more or increasingly difficult things, mm-hmm. more pain, you're not necessarily, you're not doing anything Why more it. pain? See, even in saying that, Jason, you're sh- you're showing that there's an implication here that if you don't change, it will gradually increase the amount of pain that you experience in your life. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, so say that you're not taking care of your house. It okay? will. And you choose not to take care of your house anymore, ever. Will it get worse? It will get worse. For sure. Okay, now that's just an example. Okay, so you're going to increase the pain in your life. But the thing about making the decision to change something now or to just kind of keep going on your same course, it's more comfortable to not change right now. Correct. You know that more pain is coming if you don't change, but it's in the future. Right. It's it's down the road. It's not right now. Right. So psychologically, what does that do to you, Jason? makes it a lot easier to pay attention to what's going on right now and to say... No, that's off in the distance. I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that now. I can not think about that. I can avoid that because that's not mm-hmm. happened yet. So I had a chat with one of my clients this week about procrastination. There's something that she wants to do. At least she professes that she wants to do it. Mm-hmm. But she also knows that she's not going to do it until the day before. Because she's labeled herself as a procrastinator, procrastinator. right? Now, What's up with that? What does that mean? Why would she do it the day before? That's what she's used to. That's what she has decided. But what's different about the day before in terms of pleasure and pain? Oh, there's there's more pain. It's, there's, it's heightened because you're... It's heightened and it's now immediate. Immediate. It is eminent, right? Mm-hmm. This is a clue to you guys. Think about this. If you're feeling stuck and you're not changing, it's because you don't believe at some level. You don't believe that the change will reduce your pain now. When your pain gets great enough that you feel that it is imminent, that your pain will increase unless you take action, then you will take action. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. You see that happening? Mm Mm-hmm. 
You've dealt with people with addiction patterns, haven't you, Jason? Yes, definitely. What is the phrase rock bottom? What does that mean? That means when you get to the point where you've literally tipped the scales, you are at your very bottom point where you've either lost everything that's dear to you. And usually in that pattern, you have gone up and down through the cycle in addiction. You've lost people in your lives. You've lost things, relationships. Things have gone poorly. You've lost jobs, all of those types of things. But you still go back to the addictive substance or whatever it is that you're addicted to because it hasn't been enough to really make a lasting change. You make a change for a while, but then you fall back into the pattern um, because the whole properties of addiction are so um, in the moment rewarding. It's all about how powerful it is in the moment rather than in the long term. So you become very hyper-focused on what's going on right now. And it's uh, you become overly focused on what you experience in the moment and it's very difficult to see things over time it's very difficult to delay gratification so you get stuck so here's some of the rub okay to get unstuck you have to increase your pain yeah i agree now which pain because isn't there pain associated with with not changing too it's just delayed right it's right. out there in the future. Yeah. And the pain associated with changing means I have to put effort out right now. Exactly. And that's painful right now. And so to get to the tipping point, there's two things that you can do. Well, there's more than two. But let's just use this as a philosophy and then let's get practical about this too, okay? Because you have some great ideas of what you've shared with your clients about how to physically make it happen. Mm-hmm. You want to increase the pain of not changing and bring it to the present. I agree. hundred percent. Got to bring it to the now. Okay. And this at the same time, you want to decrease the pain of change and push it away from you just a little bit. So it's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult, but how difficult really? Yeah. You know, it's going to be hard either way. Let's make sure we pick the right difficult, hard thing. Mm-hmm. And do that, that's going to ensure a better outcome long term. So how do you bring the pain to the present? Well, I think you, I think we underestimate the power of, of our minds and in mm-hmm. what that wonderful, I want to say appendage, but <laughs> that's the word that came to my mind. Um, appendage. <laughs> how powerful our minds are, because that's a tool that we can learn to use well. I mean, we're using it now. It's all mm-hmm. what you just described is about perspective. You know, mm-hmm. we perceive that the that the immediacy of not changing is much more powerful than the immediacy than than the future um, pain of not changing. Mm-hmm. You know, the effort that we have to put forth now. Oh, that's so much more than I really want to do right now. And so we need to bring the future to the present, and then look at the present in such a way to say, okay, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, Mm, In fact, this is really true. So it's taking this tool of our brain to become more aware of what what really is reality, what the real truth about this whole situation is. And so Mm -hmm. you can use visualization exercises. You can also really do experiments. That's a lot of what we do in in cognitive psychology. We give people homework assignments. To try something. To try something. 
to see how it affects them and then go based on that take get data from themselves and their experiences mm-hmm. and then move keep moving based on that and routinely i hear from people it wasn't as hard as i thought it would be yep come right back Jay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Are you walking on million-dollar ideas? Richard Reb walks on his $80 million idea every day. In fact, 600 million people walk on Richard Reb's idea every day as well. Richard decided that grocery floors had much better uses than getting dirty. He invented a material that you can place large advertisements on to put on the floors. Imagine going up an aisle in a grocery store and thinking about cookies. Then, all of a sudden, you see a 48-inch advertisement for a certain kind of cookie, and you look up, and there the cookies are. Richard called it the floor ad. With manufacturers desperate to get an advantage over their competitors and expose their brands more, Richard discovered the Florad was a simple idea worth millions. His company supplies Florads for names like Procter & Gamble, Kellogg, Kraft Foods, Nestle, Campbell's Soup, and ConAgra, just to name a few. His company ranked number 11 in the world for fastest growing private company. His Florads are in over 200,000 locations, and Richard himself won the famed Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea, wouldn't you like to know? You probably can't bear it, so I guess I'll have to share it. I thought of it a moment ago. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. Why do I do what I do when I know what I know? Mm. Common lament. Yes. So how about we get really practical? Peach and spitament. <laughs> Sorry, get my words wixed. How about we get really practical about you know, every this? Every time you say that, and I'm listening to your podcast, like mowing the lawn or something, I laugh. <laughs> I do. Every single time you say that. <laughs> well, maybe I overuse it, but you know what? Uh Hey, I want to leave this podcast imperfect. There you go. I like that. Okay? Because you, you're just getting the real stuff when you come. We don't edit this. Never. <laughs> we just do a first take and you get it the way it is. And some people like that and some people are thinking, gosh, are these guys, these right, guys really Maybe they should have edited it. <laughs> you know what, though? I want all of you listeners to know that we're real people. 
And just because we have this phenomenally successful podcast, thanks to you for sharing it, (laughs) uh, doesn't mean that we're not just real people who are dealing with real things. But we are, in fact, Jason, two shrinks and a mic. We are two shrinks and a mic. So let's get practical about how you're going to get unstuck. One of the things that I want to strongly, strongly recommend to you is to consider bringing team members on who can hold you accountable. I like that. Who could this be? Jason just names possibilities. Friends, family members, parents, spouse, spouse, children. Children. I mean, if you are married, a spousal relationship is wonderful to do this, but you guys have to be on the same page and, you know, be, be like a coach is. You know, any of you who have played organized sports, sometimes your coach rides you. Sometimes your coach kind of pushes you to do the hard things, but you have respect for that coach because the coach will jump in and do the things with you or help you. Or, I mean, I remember if you've ever seen a movie called facing the giants, that's an awesome movie. There's a, there's a piece in that movie where this high school coach is helping this senior football player kind of move forward. And he he has to take one of the the freshmen on his back and he has to crawl. He does these crawls and he, and he just, he's ready to stop like 20 yards after he's done it. And he keeps saying, you can do it. And he's down there on the ground. He's, he's on the, like on the turf with him, right? You know, inches off the ground saying, yeah. no, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And he rides him hard. But by the time this, and I hate, if you haven't seen this, I apologize for spoiling this for you, but it's amazing. You'll, you should go see this mm-hmm. movie. It's, the outcome is far greater than he would have expected. Extremely I mean, mm-hmm. it is huge, and it's a moving thing for everyone on that team. Everyone sees the distance that he that he was going. He doesn't realize until the end how far he has gone. Because he's blindfolded. Right, he's blindfolded. But his team, his whole mm-hmm. team is, they're amazed at how he's going past the place that he w- was willing to go uh, mentally. And when mm-hmm. he's gone considerably past that, all of his team members are on the ground by him, watching him, and they're moving with him. It's just an amazing mm-hmm. thing. So the whole idea about having someone to help you be accountable is extremely helpful in a process of moving forward because there will always be something that you can move forward to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it will always be a difficult thing to jump to that next level, but it's worth moving through that. So if I'm your coach, Jason, yes, Paul, and I look at your situation and I have a perspective that's seen from my view, mm-hmm. it's different from the view that you have. And I might be able to look at your perspective and think, oh, I know for sure that Jason can take five steps. I know that he can. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, in Jason's mind, he's thinking, oh, gosh, I don't think I can take any steps. Yeah. Okay? But really... Is that true? You might you might think, well, I, I don't know how to get clear to my destination. I could maybe take one step. Maybe I could do one step. So as a coach, I come in and say, sweet, Jason, take, take that, step. that step. Yeah, Take that step. Because in my mind, I know, well, once he takes that step, we'll be able to take the next one. Right. And that's what this coach was doing in the movie. Yeah. When you find people in your life to hold you accountable... And to support you and to encourage you to take the next step. You don't have to take all five of them. You don't have to take all 500 of them. Take the next one. Right. Take the, and anybody can take the next step. 
I have worked with the people who are in the throes of the most severe depression, suicidal, ready to check out the whole bit, and I can always help them identify the next step. Has that been your experience too, Jason? Exactly, exactly the case. I've worked with very um, similar cases. And if you can get to the next step, then you can get to the next one. And sometimes that's where you are, and you're in such a difficult situation, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, that you just need to know what the next step is. Because people that that do fall into that place of of really feeling like there's no other solution than ending their life, they're at a place where they can't see the next step. It is so mm-hmm. overwhelming uh, they to to believe and they feel so stuck in their situation. They can't see a next step. And to be able to just see that next step is enough. It's mm-hmm. enough because that's what they can handle right now. And that will get them moving forward so that they can then see the next step and then see the next step. So mm-hmm. the different people in our lives will be coaches in that way. I mean, so mm-hmm. knowing that other people can help you because they have a different perspective, that's that's a key to being able to use a coach effectively. On the other hand, to be an effective coach is to be able to give the perspective without giving a lot of judgment and also being able to to kind of sit with the person where they are and what their ability is to move forward and at least help them move forward as much as they can and are willing to. And then you expand that with them as Mm -hmm. they gain the momentum. So this doesn't have to be an extremely expensive kind of a process. In fact, there's a joke, you know, how many, how many shrinks does it take to change a light bulb? You know, Heard that maybe, one, Jason. maybe two with a mic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> two shrinks in a mic? No, just one. But the light bulb has to want to change. <laughs> and it's very expensive and it takes a very long time. You that's, know, that's, that's, that's just a the great, joke. That's a great joke. And, and you know, I, I have to admit, I charge a lot of money to sit down with people on an individual basis and do this kind of coaching and counseling. Now, it's not always money that I exchange for. True. That's just a little trickier. And If you have questions about that, send me an email. We'll talk. But we're talking about just getting someone who has a different perspective, who can hold you accountable and elicit their help. And there are people in your life who are invested in your success. They do not want to see you self-destruct. They don't want you to go up and smoke. Here's another one. I have heard from a number of people, oh, gosh, you know, my family, everybody else would just be better off if I were gone. They can collect the insurance payments, you know, whatever. And it's just, people don't want to think about this, but these questions are coming up for people. Mm-hmm. Please get rid of that thinking as fast as you can. There is no way that you are more valuable to people when you're gone. That's true. And when you are here. Well, and that's, again, that perspective we talked about. You get stuck in this negative perception that you're not bringing value to others. When in reality, all of that, you know, we've had the discussion about the two types of money. You know, the money that everybody talks about that we're so familiar with, those green bills or those plastic cards, that's just exchange being able to kind of hold value that you've already given to other people and then exchange it with people that you don't really know. Just a receipt. Yeah, just a receipt. The most valuable money is what you give in personal exchange with others. It's Mm -hmm. It's the value you give to others. So... I can't 
fathom a way that you could be more valuable to someone um, when your life is ended than when you're alive and being able to create that value to others. Mm-hmm. Let me add a different perspective here. Okay. The people who are currently listening to this podcast, and you know who you are because you hear my voice in your head right now. That's right. The people who are listening to this podcast have already taken a step. That's true. And you may not be the one who's stuck, but guess what? There are people in your life who are feeling stuck. You know, the people that listen to this podcast may be like the the people in Lake Wobegon, right? A little above average. There you go. (laughs) Hey, Live On Purpose listeners. You guys are the cream of the crop. That's right. And you may not be feeling stuck. Now, I'm guessing that some of you do feel a little stuck in some areas of your life. But knock off the selfish thing for just a minute and realize there are people in your life who are feeling stuck. Yeah. Who's going to be their support? Who's going to come to them to hold them accountable, help them to be successful? So there's a couple of things that I want you to do. If you are listening to this thing and you're wondering, what's my next step? One of your next steps could be, hmm, I wonder who in my life should hear this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can save a life. Okay. Uh, Jason, you and I both know that psychology isn't truly a science. It's more of an art than a science. Yeah, I agree. But we've been lumped in the medical field. Sometimes I've been accused of being the kind of doctor that doesn't really help anybody. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But there is so much that we can do to help people get out of their stuckness, and it literally saves lives. It does. And you know something else? And I know that you have experienced this too, Paul. In this whole idea about having someone coach you or being able to coach someone else, you know, being a support to each other, it's always easier to do things together with someone else. Mm-hmm. Even being a coach, being a psychologist, the part of the fulfillment and the, the value that I receive from doing that is that in the process of helping someone else, when I can easily be an outside perspective for them, it always helps me gain a different perspective of what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up being a help and a blessing to me. So the same way that that you, Paul, just suggested, who in your life might be able to benefit from listening to this podcast or from what you might have to offer and being able to hold them accountable with certain things, that process of helping others helps you also. You can't help someone else without helping yourself. I agree. I've become so aware of that. and In fact, it's such a blessing to me to be in a helping profession where my whole business is about helping people to solve their problems and to create freedom in their life, that is so liberating and so satisfying to me. I agree. I know you feel the same way because we've had those discussions. And I would say on a practical note, that is one of the practical things, that as you seek to help someone else, it becomes much, I mean, the perspective on what you're going through, it's easier to look at it Mm -hmm. with different eyes. Absolutely. So two action items. If you... If you know someone, and you do, who could use this podcast, I want you to jot down their name or keep it mentally in mind. If someone else referred you to this podcast as a result of hearing my challenge, I want you to thank them. That's great. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co-founders of CashflowParadigm.com. We created Cashflow Paradigm as a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101 created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to this special episode of Live on Purpose Radio, of which the title today is Two, Two Shrinks, Shrinks and a Mic. Two Shrinks and a Mic. You know, we have a friend named Mike. We do. We thought and maybe we'd bring him one of these times. <laughs> he offered to come on the Two Shrinks and a Mic show. And uh, you guys know him, too. It's Michael Hopkin, who's been on a couple of episodes here. He's doing some great stuff, you know? He is. He is doing uh, some great stuff. Go check out his blog, you guys. It's called Lead on Purpose. And uh, you get it at leadonpurpose.wordpress.com. Yes. He's doing some good stuff. So, Michael, there you go. A little, little plug for little Mike. plug for Mike today. On Two Shrinks and a Mic. Yeah. Now, this is our last segment, Jason. We've... As psychologists are wont to do, we've talked a lot of philosophy. Yes, we like that. We've gotten into some practical things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make sure that we end on on a very useful note. Folks, if you're listening to Live on Purpose Radio and that's all you're doing, that's good and that's okay. But you know what? It's not going to change your life unless you do something. Right. This podcast has very little value unless it inspires you to take action. I think that's why it's called Live on Purpose. Not just listen on purpose? Right. Not just listen on purpose. Or <laughs> listen on accident or when, when you have a little bit of time. So, Jason, you've got a few practical, some practical advice from the shrink. From the shrink. Let's hear it. Well, I think number one, you should enlist some help 
So get someone else to do this with you. If you're get, if you feel stuck somewhere, who's the person that you trust the most um, that you would want to move together with? Maybe that's your spouse. Maybe that's a really close friend. Whatever it is for you, wherever you are in your stage of life, find someone that can be on your team. And it doesn't have to be, as Paul said, an expensive coach. It could be um, both. Paul and I offer those services and and I think we do a good job, but the, the point is you don't have to have, it doesn't have to be an expensive thing. It is about finding someone to help you be accountable for the things you want to do to move forward. Okay, question. Sure. How do I know if I'm stuck enough to need help? <laughs> you heard that one before. You're snickering. What's up? Um, I don't, stuck enough means... You're alive. <laughs> you're breathing. In other words, if you're breathing, it, you're, you would do better to have someone help you. Here's where some people really hit the skids on this thing because they think, well, I'm not as bad off as some people. Or I can handle this. It's not like I'm, you know, depressed or something. <laughs> okay. Just ask yourself this question. Mm-hmm. Am I completely satisfied with where my life is right now as a permanent condition? Some of you are going to say, yes, I am. (laughs) Now, that would be an interesting interview. I'd like to talk to you folks. (laughs) Now, and and it's different feeling happy and, and good about your life situation. But if we were to stop your progress right now, are you thoroughly satisfied with where you are right now as a permanent condition you want to stay there exactly where you are right from now throughout the rest of your life throughout eternity Ooh, yeah now th- and the reason i bring it up that way is because i don't care where you are on the spectrum and the spectrum goes from from sick pathology diagnosis dsm4 stuff DSM-4 is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 4th edition. Right. Which is the Bible of uh, psychiatric diagnosis, right, Jason? Exactly. I don't care if you are stuck in the throes of the most severe and heinous pathology, or if you're down at the other end of the spectrum where life is awesome and you love your life. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. If your progress is stopped right here and now, you will become miserable. I agree. I think most of us would, though we may not openly say it, um, if we were to think about it, there is something in each one of us that strives to be better than we are now. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about competing with other people. It's just about growth. There is a natural tendency within each of us to become more than we are now. I think a lot of us have learned to repress that. And so... So when you say get some help, okay, here's a shrink saying get some help. <laughs> Ooh, that's scary, right? Mm-hmm. We're not saying that you are stuck on the on the far end of that spectrum where you're just embroiled in pathology. If you are, that's fine. Get some help. But if you're not, that's fine too. Get some help. Well, I think this is a great example, and I don't even know all of the details of this example. But Tiger Woods was winning lots and lots of tournaments. I mean, he is, if not the best golfer that has ever lived, he is one of the best. And midway through winning many 
I mean, his kind of first round of winning professional tournaments, he changed his coach. He changed his, his swing because he wanted to go to the next level. And he did that. He went through a transition stage where he wasn't winning as many tournaments because he was retooling. He was reinventing himself. And that process put him way up in another, at another level. And he has just skyrocketed in his ability to continue to win tournaments. I mean, there mm-hmm. are examples over and over again in professional athletes, in high-level executives that do these things, the ones that are motivated to, towards self-improvement and growth, they take coaches with them. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. Professional athletes get oftentimes are paid more than their coaches. Why are the coaches there? Because coaches help you see where you are, improve your performance from where it is now to even better. They help you become mm-hmm. excellent. So mm-hmm. all I'm saying is take someone with you. It's a lot easier to make the movement forward if you're doing it with someone else. And that requires some humility because you're going to have to admit to whoever is on your support team that you don't have it all together. And that's okay. That is okay. That's why I'm so quick to let people know, hey, I hire coaches. Me too. I have a team of coaches that I hire, that I work with, that I try to uh, to enlist their expertise and their services to help me become better. I agree. And then that makes me a better coach too. Well, so, Paul, you're one of my coaches. You know, I see you as a colleague and a coach and a mentor. So right. exactly. it's And I, I think there's power in that humility that you just talked about. There mm-hmm. is a real power in moving forward and being able to admit that you don't have all the answers and you don't have it all together. That's right. As long as we all have some of the answers and we're willing to share. Mm-hmm. Then we're in a good position. Yep. So exactly. get some help. Have someone to hold you accountable. What uh, some other practical things? Increase your pain. And all that means is find a way to hold yourself accountable too, to bring the pain of not changing to the to the present. And if you want to do that with me, you know, I say this jokingly. <laughs> Although if you want to do this, you can. You know, if you promise yourself that if you, every day you don't keep your commitment, you're going to send me a $100 check. I'm all over that. I'm, you know? I'm okay with that too. I'll help you that way. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know what? The important thing is, what is it going to take to raise your own level of pain in not changing to the point where you will change to avoid that pain? Yeah. I think there's a couple of ways you can do that with your own, with your own mind. Learn how to mm-hmm, visualize, absolutely. to really kind of go through a process. And one thing that um, we used to use with persons going through addictions is to visualize just what would normally happen if you continued doing what you were doing. So what you do is you bring the future to the present by taking some specific time to sit down while you're quiet and you're relaxed mm-hmm. and you think through the process of what would happen and you go through realistically, well, this is what would happen here. Or you take mm-hmm. from the past what has happened before mm-hmm. if I stay stuck like this. Okay, this is what happens. And then you get to the point where that consequence is painful enough and you decide, do I really mm-hmm. want that? And then we're going to couple that with imagery of the positive end because mm-hmm. we haven't talked about this much because pleasure is not as powerful of a motivator. But at the same time, you want to create a clear image of what it is you want to create and how you will feel when you accomplish that. Mm-hmm. That's been the theme of other shows, and so we haven't really focused on that as much. Another thing, practical, do something. Do something. 
and just physical. If you're sitting, stand up. If you're, you know, if you're in the house, go outside. Do something. Change your circumstances. Do something physical. That's going to help to get the blood flowing. It's going to turn your brain back on. Well, I think that physical movement, and we do that in psychology all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's almost the first homework assignment when you see someone the very first time, especially if they're talking about Mm -hmm. depressive symptoms, is you go and you do something physical. Physical. Because it gets your body chemistry moving, and it helps you feel something. And it's that association with the feeling that helps you move forward. Physical exercise beats antidepressant medication in the research studies that pit the two against each other in treating depression. Um, As we're wrapping up here, I want to come back to the challenge that I gave too. Get over yourself and start focusing on other people. Mm -hmm. And this is the best way to serve yourself. But think about how you can use the information that you already have to bless or enrich or uplift someone else and share it with them. Mm-hmm. So this podcast is just an example. I I want you to share it with people that you think it will help. And I know if you've listened to this point of the podcast that you have found it valuable. Why else would you leave it on this whole time? That's, yeah, that makes sense. Think right now of two or three people that you could share this with and just invite them to go listen. And if someone has shared it with you, I want you to thank them because gratitude is going to go a long way toward helping your own mental health. Jason, this is kind of a fun experiment. Yes. Two shrinks and a mic. I want to invite all of you listeners, if you have a particular issue that you would like to throw out to the two shrinks and a mic, we could do this again sometime. It'd be fun. It's fun enough that we could. So (laughs) send me an email, drpaul, drpaul, at liveonpurposeradio.com. That's where where I'm going to be checking the inbox for your input, for your questions. And if you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. We'll take it on anonymously. If you want us to mention your name, we'd be happy to do that too. If you want us to mention your business, I've got a little agreement that I'll have. No, I'm kidding you. <laughs> Send us your questions. We'd be happy to take them on here on Live on Purpose Radio. And uh, Jason, yes. any closing words? I'll give you the last word. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I mean, I tend to be real, very calm, so... I can even amp it up a, a little bit as we keep going on this. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. It's been fun. Two shrinks and a mic. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>